Welcome to the Couch Potatoes. I'm Brett McGarry. This week, we are excited to tell you everything we're excited about. I'm Jeff Braun. Yes, we're taking a look at the movies and shows we're excited to see in 2023. And I finished that Netflix show, Kaleidoscope, and I am mad. But first, we're going to start with a brand new movie that just came out this week that I was excited to see for the last couple of months, and I did see it. Tom Hanks has been pretty busy the last few years, and his latest movie, A Man Called Otto, is in theaters now. Don't you dare let that little rat dog whiz on my walkway again. Ignore him. He has no idea who's doing that. Well, it was one of you. Are you always this unfriendly? I am not unfriendly. Hey, Otto! No. Hello. Hi, I have great news. Oh, no, no, no. Robot, robot, robot. My life was black and white before Sonia. She was the color. I would have liked her. Say, could I borrow a coin? What did you do? Jerry, back the corner! It was all the clown's fault. A Man Called Otto. Rated PG-13. Only in movie theaters. Last year, Hanks played Geppetto in Disney's Pinocchio and Colonel Tom Parker in Elvis. The year before, he was in a streaming movie called Finch that is apparently pretty good. And in 2020, he had News of the World and Greyhound, neither of which made big waves. So outside of the Elvis movie, A Man Called Otto should be his biggest deal since 2019's A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, his Mr. Rogers movie. At least I hope it is because I enjoyed the Otto movie quite a lot. As you heard in the clip, he plays a crotchety old man who's angry all the time for for no apparent reason. It's kind of reminiscent of the Clint Eastwood movie, Gran Torino, from 10 years ago. But the Tom Hanks version with Eastwood, you might have thought that he'd, you know, never make the turn to nice guy with Hanks. I mean, come on. It's not to say the movie doesn't have some surprises, but uh, Tom Hanks isn't a villainous kind of a guy. For one thing, though, the movie was darker than I was expecting. That was a surprise. The trailer plays up the humor, of which there is a lot, but there's also a darker tone at play through much of this movie. I thought the two tones worked well together. Your uh, mileage may vary on that. It, it can be tough sometimes when something is both funny and sad or tragic. The movie's based on the novel and the Swedish film, A Man Called over Ove, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, O-V-E. I thought maybe the Europeanness, uh, you know, explained the darker moments. I don't want to give anything away, but there are a few things that I was surprised to see in a Hollywood movie starring Tom Hanks. So he's this old crank who likes to spend his days yelling at his neighbors in his little uh, condo neighborhood about the rules and regulations and how he perceives that everyone's breaking them except for him. But he also helps out when needed, even if he is grumpy about it. And it turns out his new neighbors are going to need his help. It's a couple in their 30s with two young girls. The mom can't drive. The dad is not the sort of handyman that Otto expects all men to be, so he has to step in. There are other colorful neighbors, some bad guys in the form of a, a real estate development company that's looking to take over the neighborhood. And while all this is happening, Otto, Otto is um, going through a pretty significant inner crisis, and we get flashbacks to his earlier life to sort of explain how he got to be the way that he is when we start the movie. And in those flashbacks, there's young Otto, because it's like 30 years earlier, and young Otto is played by Hanks's real-life son, Truman. I've never heard of that son before. We've all seen Colin Hanks and things. He's a famous actor. We've all heard the unfortunate Jamaican accent of his son, Chet, but Truman is a new Hanks to us. This is only his second acting credit, and he did a good job, and I thought all the supporting actors were terrific, especially uh, Mariana Trevino, who plays his new neighbor, Marisol, who instantly does not take any of the crap that Otto's dishing out to everyone else. She forces him to be a nice guy, pretty much. Overall, you know, I found the movie very affecting. It did a great job with the 
larger themes about finding things to live for when it feels like more chapters in your life are ending than beginning. And I laughed a lot too. Hanks is, you know, pretty convincing as a grumpy old man. And even though we know the good guy is lurking in there somewhere, the journey to find him had some unexpected turns. So I will give A Man Called Otto three and a half couch cushions out of five. And it's in theaters now. I highly recommend you go see it. As for some of the movies that we are excited about, the first movie on my list is one that actually seems like a prank, a parody. But it's a real movie from Universal that is coming out on February 24th. And it's based on a true story. It's called Cocaine Bear. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on The bear, it f***ing did cocaine. Elizabeth Banks directs this action comedy set in Georgia in 1985, but a drug smuggling operation gone wrong. Several packages of cocaine were airdropped into a Georgia forest in this botched job, and a 500-pound black bear ends up consuming a lot of it. And then it goes on a murderous rampage in sir of blow and blood. Apex Predator. High on cocaine. Out of its mind. So the true story isn't quite so gruesome or ridiculous. They, there really was a drug smuggling operation gone wrong that dropped 40 kilograms of cocaine packages worth $20 million at the time down into the forest. A black bear who has now become known as Pablo Escobar helped itself to several million dollars of cocaine and unfortunately overdosed and died. The bear did not go on a rampage. Great cast in this, including in his final role, the late Ray Liotta, and Carrie Russell's in it too. So again, Cocaine Bear debuts February 24th. Next up, I'm excited for the latest movie in the boxing saga. Now for Adonis Creed, out on March 3rd, it's Creed 3. Hey, my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. No, nah, I ain't signing the autographs, but you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Damien. How long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. It is the latest in the Creed slash Rocky saga. The first Creed movie came out in 2015, which saw Michael B. Jordan play the unknown son of Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies. Apollo Creed, of course, was the heavyweight champ who gave an unknown Rocky Balboa a shot at the title, and Rocky eventually went on to beat him in the rematch in Rocky II and become a great champion. After six Rocky movies, a Creed movie sounded stupid, but that first Creed movie was fantastic. And the sequel was awesome, too. His opponent in the sequel was Victor Drago, son of Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. And they added way more character development for the Dragos than I ever would have expected. And I just, I loved it so much. Now we've got this threequel 
With no Sylvester Stallone involvement, he handed off the reins in the last movie, although he's been public in complaining about this movie, so there's definitely some drama going on there. Jonathan Majors plays the antagonist here. Jonathan Majors, by the way, is going to be in Ant-Man, Quantumania in February. He plays Kang, the big bad villain in this next wave of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. But here, he's the antagonist, a childhood friend of Adonis Creed, gets out of jail after 18 years, wants his shot at the belt, he was the superior physical specimen, and he's coming for the title. Looks great. That, once again, is out on March 3rd. Also new in March, Scream 6. We got Scream 5 in January of last year. Hello, Sydney. It's an honor. And it was really good. Nev Campbell returned as the saga's hero, Sidney Prescott. Courtney Cox was back. David Arquette was back, along with a new crop of cast members. That new crop continues along in Scream 6. That cast, by the way, includes Jenna Ortega of Netflix's Wednesday fame. Courtney Cox is going to be back, too. Hayden Penetier returns. She was in Scream 4. Although Nev Campbell is out, she said the money they offered her was insulting. This looks exciting because of its setting. Most of the Scream movies are set in the town of Woodsboro, California. But this one's in the big city in New York. On Halloween, no less. So there are all kinds of people running around in costumes, including Ghostface, the killer. So far, we've only got a teaser trailer, which contains a whole lot of dialogue. Guys? One word. One word is spoken in the, in the teaser trailer. <laughs> but it's a good teaser. It's tense. The first four movies were, of course, scary and violent, but not too violent. At, at least not super grisly. I was surprised at Scream 5 and just how violent it was and not in a silly slasher way. Like, it was brutal and scary. The sixth one is said to be more violent and apparently 100 times gorier than any Scream movie, so hopefully it doesn't descend into comedy. Scream 6 debuts on March 10th. And up next, oh boy, I bet you Jeff Braun's had this movie marked on his calendar for months, if not years, before he was even born. It was on his calendar. Details next. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Today, we're taking a look at the shows and movies coming out in 2023 that we're most excited about. And the next movie we want to talk about is pretty simple. Keanu Reeves is back once again to blow away bad guys in John Wick Chapter 4. Saying goodbyes? Saying hello. You think your wife can hear you? No. Then why bother? Maybe I'm wrong. You're going to die. Maybe not. Man has to look his best when it's time to get married. Or buried. I'm going to need it. If you've seen any of the John Wick movies, you can rest assured JW4 will be pretty much the same thing, and that's just fine with me because it's incredibly entertaining. And it sounds like there's more nonsense about the high table and all the hierarchy involved within uh, Wick's assassin community. That's never been my favorite part of these movies, but I guess they need something to talk about in between the action scenes. John Wick Chapter 4 hits theaters on March 24th. This next one is out in April, and hopefully it's as good as its trailer, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Ah! 
animated movie based on the legendary video game characters from Nintendo. Nothing else to add to that, really, except the cast. Chris Pratt is the voice of Mario. Anya Taylor-Joy is Princess Peach. Charlie Day is Luigi. Keegan-Michael Key is Toad. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. And Jack Black is Bowser. It debuts April 7th, 2023. The Fast and the Furious are back again this year. I don't have friends. I got family. Fast and Furious 10, a.k.a. Fast X, will come out May 19th. It's part one of a two-part movie that will conclude the long-running series, and it will be glorious. I feel like F9 just came out, but that was summer of 2021 after being pushed from 2020. There are a lot of long-running series, and we're mentioning a bunch of them today, as it turns out. And while the Fast and the Furious are by no means the best movies, they might be the most fun. They are ludicrous action movies. Quite literally, as the rapper Ludacris is part of the cast, part of the family. But the stunt work is phenomenal, and they keep coming up with these bonkers ideas for things that we've never seen before, like all the stuff with the magnets in the last one, and, you know, space. And say what you will about Vin Diesel, but the man knows his lane and how to make it work for him, and I can't wait to see what he and his family have cooked up with Fast X on May 19th. On June 2nd, we get a sequel to the 2018 Oscar winner for Best Animated Feature, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which saw the newer Spider-Man, Miles Morales, team up with five other Spider-People from different dimensions to take out a threat that could wipe them all out. The animation was spectacular, the movie was super fun, and now we've got a sequel, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Who do you think you are? Really? We are supposed to be the good guys. We are. Miles once again has to team up with a bunch of spider people from different dimensions in the Spider-Verse to stop a threat of unlimited power. Looks terrific. Once again, that's out on June 2nd. On June 30th, there's this. I don't believe in magic. But a few times in my life, I've seen things. Things I can't explain. I've come to believe it's not so much what you believe. It's how hard you believe it. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. It's Indiana Jones. We're excited. Absolutely. But I think maybe the most anticipated movie for me this year is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Your days of fighting for the so-called greater good are over. This is our chance to control the truth, the concepts of right and wrong for everyone for centuries to come. You're fighting to save an ideal that doesn't exist. Never did. You need to pick a side. Top Gun Maverick will probably go down as the biggest hit of Tom Cruise's illustrious career, but these Mission Impossible movies have been his bread and butter for years now, especially since 2011's Ghost Protocol. That was the fourth movie in the series, Dead Reckoning Part 1 is the seventh, and his third with director Christopher McQuarrie, and the movies have been getting better and better each time out, which is a rare achievement. Every time we think, well, they won't be able to top the last one, and each time Cruise and McQuarrie do just that, so I can't wait to see what they have in store for us on July 14th. 
A Christopher Nolan movie is often a big deal in the summer, and this year looks no ex- like no exception, as he brings us Oppenheimer, the story of J. Robert Oppenheimer, the American theater- theoretical physicist who's credited with being the father of the atomic bomb. They won't fear it. Until they understand it. And they won't understand it. Until they've used it. I don't know if we can be trusted with such a weapon. But we have no choice. Killian Murphy stars as Oppenheimer. The movie also stars Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Rami Malek, Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett, and Kenneth Branagh. I am cautiously optimistic, but honestly, Nolan is kind of hit, hit and miss with me outside of the Batman movies. So we'll find out where Oppenheimer lands on July 21st. Up next, the world's most famous doll lands on the big screen. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. Today, we're taking a look at the shows and movies that we're most excited to see this coming year, the movies and shows of 2023. Next on my list, the movie I'm probably most curious about is Greta Gerwig's Barbie. Since the beginning of time, since the first little girl ever existed, there have been dolls. But the dolls were always and forever baby dolls. Until... All we've seen so far is a teaser trailer, which is pretty funny. Most of it is a recreation of the monkey scenes in 2001, A Space Odyssey. But instead of monkeys smashing bones, it's little girls smashing dolls as a giant Barbie doll standing in for 2001's monolith watches. And then at the very end, we do get a brief glimpse of what the movie will look like, which is a lot. It looks like a city built out of life-sized Barbie dream houses. So who knows what the movie will actually be like. It does look like it'll be fresh and original, at least visually. And normally I wouldn't care too much about something like this. The subject matter is, you know, not near and dear to my heart or anything like that. But it is written and directed by Greta Gerwig. And her first two movies are among my favorites of the last five years. 2017's Lady Bird and 2019's Little Women. I consider both of those to be minor masterpieces. And so Gerwig automatically gets the benefit of the doubt from me. And we'll see what she delivers with Barbie on July 21st. The movie Dune was my favorite movie of 2021, so I'm very much looking forward to this year's Dune Part 2. You need to face your fears. I've been having dreams about a girl on Arrakis. The Emperor asks us to bring peace. House Atreides accepts! Kill them all. A great man doesn't seek to leave. He's called to it. Rated PG-13. Dune 2 will be the second part of Denny Villeneuve's take on the 1965 novel. Of course, there was also the David Lynch version from the 80s. The new movies, though, have, you know, the good special effects and things like that. Timothy Chalamet, Rebecca Ferguson, Zendaya, and whomever else lived through part one will return for part two with some new faces, including Florence Pugh. I haven't read the book or watched the Lynch movie, so I kind of went into part one without having the slightest notion of what to expect. And it was pretty amazing. You know, give or take a Top Gun Maverick, I would say, 
Dune was the best theatrical experience of the last few years as far as eye-popping visuals go. The only problem with Dune Part 1 was that it ended without a resolution, which is obviously always a problem with a Part 1 and a few movies this year. We'll be dealing with that that we've talked about, Mission Impossible and Fast X. But that'll be a moot point for the Dune crowd this fall as we get the conclusion to Dune on November 3rd. Martin Scorsese has a new movie coming out this year, and that's usually a big deal. This one certainly will be as it stars both of his favorite leading men of the last 50 years, Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. I don't think they have both been in a Scorsese movie together before. This one's called Killers of the Flower Moon, and the synopsis on IMDb says, Members of the Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the 1920s, sparking a major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover. The movie also stars Jesse Plemons, John Lithgow, and Brendan Fraser. Scorsese's last movie was 2019's The Irishman, which was on Netflix. It was pretty good. It was super long, but since we had to, you know, had to watch it at home, it wasn't as big a deal as it would have been in the theater. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is an Apple TV Plus co-production with Paramount, so I'm guessing it'll definitely be on Apple TV Plus, but I think it's also getting a theatrical release, and then it'll go to Apple TV Plus. But, you know, for those of us who don't subscribe, we can go to the theaters, which will be nice. As of now, there's uh, been no update on this movie in about six months, so firm details have yet to be denounced about the distribution or any sort of a date when it might come out, but it should definitely be this year because it was a lot of people thought it was going to be last year. At uh, any rate, I do look forward to seeing Killers of the Flower Moon sooner or later. And speaking of killers, there's a movie simply called The Killer, which is due out this year. I don't know anything about it really, except I'm very excited because it's from director David Fincher. He, of course, is a master behind some of our favorite movies like Seven, The Game, Fight Club, Zodiac, The Social Network, and Gone Girl. It's described on IMDb as an assassin begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscience, even as his clients continue to demand his skills. And Michael Fassbender plays The Killer. Tilda Swinton is also in it. Fincher's one of my favorite directors, and he's due for a real killer movie, uh, no pun intended. His last movie was Mank in 2020, which was fine, but definitely not for everyone. So here's hoping the killer is something that uh, more people can latch on to. We'll find out sometime this year, like uh, the Scorsese movie, there's no release date at this point. And speaking of no release dates at this point, another movie that I'm thinking is coming out later this year, but we aren't entirely sure, is, comes to us from Ben Affleck and Matt Damon teaming up again in a movie called Air Jordan. It follows the history of shoe salesman Sonny Vaccaro and how he led Nike in its pursuit of Michael Jordan and, of course, the Air Jordans. Matt and Ben co-wrote it with another guy. They star in it and Affleck directed it. They, of course, had great success working together 25 years ago with Goodwill Hunting. A little less success more recently with The Duel, which came out in 2021, I think it was. That was a, that was a very good movie, but it was not a big hit. This might garner a little more interest, not being a medieval period piece. I haven't seen Live by Night, which no one seems to have liked, but otherwise I think Affleck is a good director. Argo, of course, won Best Picture a decade ago at the Oscars. The Town is one of the best heist movies of all time and one of the best Boston movies. And Gone Baby Gone was an effective detective movie, although I find that one a little too heavy and too sad to rewatch. So get my hopes up for Air Jordan. And again, no word yet on when that may come out. All right, so those are some of the movies we're excited about for 2023. Looks like the first year really with like a full slate. Uh, so yes. that's kind of exciting because we did, of course, we had lots of theatrical releases this year, but there were a lot of weekends where there was nothing and 
sort of took some time to really build some consistent momentum, and now we've got that. Um, but we also have lots of television shows we are excited about. So I've just picked out a handful here, starting with this music. Oh, I love this music. And this is going to be a weird year because we're in this era now where many shows will disappear for one or two years. So this year, for example, we'll have no House of the Dragon, no Rings of Power, no Stranger Things, but a bunch of our other favorites will be back, starting with this. The Mandalorian, the Star Wars series on Disney Plus about a bounty hunter who goes on adventures with a little baby Yoda named Grogu. Season two had an explosive and emotional finale. Um, I forgot that it was December of 2020 when this show wrapped up. So we're over two years now. Season three finally debuts on March 1st on Disney Plus. All right, kid. Hang on. for an adventure. Heck yeah, I'm ready for an adventure. Can't wait for The Mandalorian. This next one, got to admit, was not on my radar at all until I read this weather sponsor the other day. Weather is for global. One wrong decision can change your life forever. The new drama, Accused, premieres Sunday, January 22nd, only on Global. So I looked it up. All walk that line. Every week. Every day. Every minute. It's only when we cross that line that we truly learn what it means to be alone. alone. What it means to stand. Accused. It's an anthology based on an award-winning British show where each episode begins in the courtroom with the accused. J'accuse! We don't know the crime or how the accused ended up there. The story is then told from the defendant's point of view, and it shows how normal people get caught up in crazy situations, how quickly things go bad, and then it could be too late. The cast includes Rachel Bilson, Michael Chiklis, Wendell Pierce, who was just in Jack Ryan season three, so he's busy, a busy boy, Megan Boone, Lauren Ridloff, Aaron Ashmore, and Margot Martindale, to name a few. So that looks pretty cool. So again, Accused debuts on January 22nd on Global. And in a moment... Going to tell you about a couple more shows that have been actually one, two, I got four more shows I want to tell you about, and all of them have been gone since at least 2021. And then I got a rip on Kaleidoscope. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Brad. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. We're looking at some of the movies, some of the TV shows we're excited for for 2023. I mentioned The Mandalorian season three and how the finale was in December of 2020, but. Forgot to mention that, of course, The Mandalorian spent a lot of time in The Book of Boba Fett, another Star Wars uh, series on Disney+, Plus, which debuted in December of 2021, so that helped a little bit, but I'm excited for the proper series for The Mandalorian. Now looking to something on Netflix, season four of the series called You. Hello, you. I'm not the lovable bookstore manager in New York, or the shop clerk in LA, or the doting husband in the suburbs, no, not anymore. Allow me to introduce myself. I've gone through a bit of refinement upon crossing the pond, and living in London has allowed me to bury the past, if you will. 
You stars Penn Badgley as a guy named Joe who kind of thinks himself a hopeless romantic, but it's more like obsessive psycho. He's kind of like Dexter Morgan in many ways. He has an urge to kill. He means well, but he's still killing people. And he narrates the show just like Dexter did. Uh, But this one is focused more on quote-unquote love stories as opposed to crime stories. The first three seasons of You have been fantastic Season three was particularly demented, and now to get away from it all, he's moved across the pond. Part one of season four debuts on February 9th, part two on March 9th, season three wrapped up in October of 2021. On March 16th, season two of another show that's been gone for almost two years. The first season arrived in April of 2021. It's the fantasy show Shadow and Bone. You're a symbol. I'm the Sun Summoner. Are you willing to sacrifice that which is most precious to you? So when I first saw this was coming up uh, a couple of years ago, I'd never heard of the books the show had been based on, but I thought, wow, that looks neat, and it turned out to be amazing. It's set in a country that's been divided by the fold, this massive black cloud that goes from the ground up and spreads for miles, and there are monsters that live inside it. And then there are some people with like these pseudo-magical powers, and the main character comes to learn she is the Sun Summoner. She can summon light, and she might be the key to destroying the fold. It's like nothing I've ever seen. They mix all kinds of genres. You've got fantasy, political intrigue, western gunslinging. There's some steampunk elements. It's really cool. Can't wait for that. So again, season two on March 16th. Next up, season four of one of the most acclaimed shows on TV, Succession. Everything I try to do, people turn against me. I'm a hundred feet tall. These people are pygmies. The HBO show about a monstrous media company and the family who owns and runs it. They are dysfunctional. They are disgusting. They are engaged in a power struggle. Within the company, they're at war with each other, and it is mesmerizing. Brian Cox plays the boss. The series begins with him set to step aside and name one of his sons as the successor, but then, well, he didn't, and chaos has ensued. All we know so far is the release date is set to be spring. This is not the end. We're killing the opposition. I'm going to build something better, faster, meaner, wilder. I love it here. I f***ing love it. Jeff, I can't remember. Are you fin- all caught up in succession? I am. Uh, right before season three started, I binged through the first two seasons and uh, enjoyed it uh, immensely. I'm very much looking forward to whenever this comes out in spring. And then one more show to mention here. People saying there's something wrong with us. Not the way I see it. I believe in communism. Rom communism, that is. If Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan can go through some heartfelt struggles and still end up happy... So can we. Season three of Ted Lasso on Apple TV Plus. The Emmy Award winning best comedy wrapped its second season in October of 2021. It's about an American football coach who gets hired to coach an English soccer team. The show was inspired by an NBC sports commercial. It was basically just a skit, but they turned it into a whole show, and it's stellar. It's heart, it's hilarious, it's heartfelt. You can now even play as his team, FC Richmond, in the the FIFA 23 video game. That's 
cool. Unfortunately, they ha- there have been a lot of delays for season three. We have no release date, not even a ballpark date. Like, come on, Ted, don't leave us hanging. I always figured that tea was just going to taste like hot brown water. And you know what? I was right. Yeah, it's horrible. No, thank you. Welcome to England. So hopefully we even get to see it in 2023. Who knows how long this thing is going to take before it's finally ready to go. And one more show I wanted to mention here because I teed it up last week. I had watched seven of the eight episodes of Kaleidoscope. There's no such thing as an unbeatable vault. That's weatherproof. Shockproof. And... This is the most secure vault in the United States, maybe in the world. Okay, so Kaleidoscope on Netflix, this is kind of their gimmicky show where they designed it so that the first seven episodes, it doesn't matter what order you watch them in, as long as you watch white, the white episode as the last episode episode it's sort of the anchor episode at least by design but you don't have to watch it in in that order um and it was a neat concept it's about this group that's trying to break into this vault that is supposed to be super secure so they can raid the billions of dollars of bonds inside it and i didn't mind it like i enjoyed it i thought it was mostly fun all i had left was that finale and i was angry when I turned it off. Like once the show, the episode was over, I got mad. I thought, really? That's how it ends for all these characters? I just, I can't really get in, can't explain why I was mad without sort of spoiling anything because I know a lot of people want to watch this show and a lot of people tell me they've enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoy it more than I did. Maybe I'm just taking this a little too seriously, but I was really angry uh, at what happened to a lot of the characters in this, and that's about all I can really say. I just was not happy with Kaleidoscope. So I would say if you don't watch it, you're not missing anything. If you do watch it, I hope you like it more than I did. That's all the time we've got. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are The Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.